Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Now listen, they had some more worship this morning. I just feel like God wants to... Uh, share a word with you guys this morning so I, I just I want to share this word today you this drama team man y'all y'all are awesome <clears throat> worship team Man, <clears throat> Amen. Go ahead and stand with us and take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of First Kings. First Kings, chapter seventeen. First Kings, chapter seventeen. You know what causes a church to die? A church will die when they shut off the energy of the kids when they cap off the energy of the kids it will kill the church somebody said one time the young people represent the energy and the gray head represents the wisdom amen You know what I want to see? I want to see the gray head represent the energy along with the young folks. Amen. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 17 and verse 8. The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, came unto Elijah, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, uh, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it to me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Father, thank you today 
for the power of your word. Now, Lord, let it get in us. Let it become revelation to us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can take your seat. Listen, I want to bring you a word this morning, and, and I, I wanted to get down here so I could, I could, get, I could get in your business uh, real good. Now, I, I wanted to get down here because uh, sometimes it gets lonely up there, so I just need to be among the people this morning. Amen. So, but I got something I want to share, uh, and, and the title of this message is The Power, The Power of the seed, the power of the seed. Several months ago, uh, the Lord began to deal with me uh, along the lines of the power of the seed. And I was sitting in my office at home uh, early one morning, and I just began to write some things down, and, and I just felt so impressed of the Lord that I needed to put it uh, in my phone and send it to my kids, to my children. And uh, and I think I sent it to uh, some of my uh, sons and daughters in the faith. I don't remember. But I know that I sent it to my children uh, because the Lord uh, really began to, to tell me that, that there was a need for this generation to understand the power of the seed. And, uh, and so I sent it to them, and, and I thought, well, that'll be it. And, and I, I put it in my journal and closed it up and said, that's it. But over and over and over, God has continued to bring that to my spirit. And I thought, well, maybe God's wanting me to, uh, to uh, teach this to college and career, uh, those students that are graduating from school and going out. Uh, and so uh, I had I mentioned it to Judy one time and all that, and she didn't. She didn't like my preaching, so she said she'd have to pray about it. But uh, anyway, uh, I just kept thinking about it, and and just kidding there. But uh, just kept praying about it, and, and the Lord just really has impressed on me to share this with you this morning. And uh, and I use this passage of Scripture in 1 Kings uh, because it's a story of uh, Elijah and the widow woman, but this widow woman is, is in a situation that we can say is life and death. She's in a situation uh, to where uh, there's, there's no more food in the cabinet, uh, there's no food at the grocery store because they're in a severe drought, famine has covered the land, and so there's nothing else. Uh, for them, and we pick up the story of where she is outside gathering, and, and I thought it, it's interesting that the Bible said that she told Elijah that she's gathering two sticks, uh, and, and I believe that the reason that the Bible put that in there of being two sticks was to show uh, the, the seriousness of the situation that they were in. Uh, because uh, then uh, all they had to cook with was wood that they gathered up. But there's something also interesting about it is that the Lord had already spoke to this widow woman 
concerning Elijah or concerning uh, doing something for him. In uh, verse 9, uh, the Bible says that God said, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Talking about uh, talking to Elijah and saying, Elijah, I've commanded this widow woman to sustain you. And I want to tell you something this morning. Uh, God has, has given us commandment. You say, well, pastor, what is God's commandment? It is his word. That is God's command to us. It is his word. Now, it, when God has given us his word, and by the way, you're not going to get any more word from God. Uh, your, your Bible is complete. All that you hear when you hear prophecies and, and uh, tongues with interpretation of tongues, that is not new word. That is just confirming uh, the word of God that has already been spoken. There is no new revelation. There is no new logos uh, or word that's coming down from God. God's already given this word. It is already finished and it's already settled. Now, uh, when God gives his word, it then becomes uh, our responsibility to hear the word and respond to the word. So what I'm telling you this morning is that, that you're going to hear something, but it's going to be in your court to respond to what you're hearing. You see, this widow woman was out gathering sticks, uh, and she was going to cook one last meal for she and her son, and then they were going to die. So we don't have anything else. We're going to cook one last meal. I'm going to fix one last cake of bread for me and my son, and we're going to die. Listen, that's dire straits. That's a situation that hopefully you and I will never get in. But some of you here, you might know what it's like uh, to walk in the kitchen and open the cabinet door and see nothing there but uh, maybe a roach looking at you. Been there. I've been there before. I've, I've been in those situations before uh, where we were struggling and, and, uh, and all that and uh, roaches in the house and all that. And uh, One of my most memorable moments was one night when my wife uh, was in the bedroom and didn't turn the light on and I heard screaming and dancing and I said, man, the Holy Ghost is on her and all that, but she had reached in a drawer and found a snake. That was a rental house. That's not the house that we're living in right now. But, but I know what it's like to, to, to struggle sometimes and to be in situations where uh, that, that you want to do better and you wish you could do different, but, but circumstances are not allowing it. And this woman was in a place to where uh, she was at the end of her rope. And listen, that's, this is why ladies and gentlemen, that this message is so important because one way or the other, most of us in here today are going to reach a place in our lives that we feel like that we're at the end of our rope, that we feel like that we've exhausted all of our energy, we've, we've put out all the money that we've got, we've done everything that we know to do, and now we can do nothing else 
It is in those times, ladies and gentlemen, that we've got to respond and remember the commandment of God. It might not be easy, but listen, when you go with God, I can guarantee you that God will go with you. And so Elijah comes and, and uh, he walks up and this woman's gathering all that and he looks at her and, uh, and he says, go and fetch me a little water. You know, God will always give you the opportunity to do something that you can do without causing you any trouble. And water was something that she had. And so when he said, go and fetch me a little water, it wasn't no big deal to her because she had an abundance of water. I don't know where she got it from, but she had the water because she didn't say anything about, I'm going to go in and drink my last cup of water and we're going to die. But, but he said, go and fetch me a little water. And that's the, that's the awesome thing of God is that he'll give you something to do that won't cost you a whole lot and won't make a big difference in your life. And it's easy for you to do. And he'll give that to you to do and watch you as you and to see if you will be obedient to do what he's requested it might be something as simple as this morning that you got out of bed because Holy Spirit said I want you to go to McCullough Christian Center today and that was easy for you to do it didn't cost you anything but just a bath and you got up got your clothes on and you responded to what Holy Spirit said and so here you are today but then Elijah said, as she was going to fetch the water, he called to her in verse 11 and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in your hand. And, and, she, and she said, As the Lord thy God lives, I don't have a cake, uh, but just a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise, and, and that's all I've got. So the first request was, Get me some water. Sure, let me go get you some water. But as she's going, as she's going, I can hear the voice of the man of God. Uh, ma'am, ma'am. And she turns around and she said, yes. Or she might have turned around and said, what do you want? No, I don't think so. But she turned around and she responded to Elijah. And, and Elijah said, uh, uh, while you're getting me that that's not going to cost you anything, while you're getting me that that is easy for you to get, I want you to get me a morsel of bread. And there's the game changer. Because she said, but I don't have but just a little bit of that and, and, and the oil is run out and we're going to eat this last cake of bread and we're going to die. So you see, then God moved from giving her a command that was easy to a command that was hard. But here's the deal, guys. When you respond to the easy it is just God saying see I'm with you and when you take that other step to respond to the hard it's, it's hard but that's where your blessing comes and this is the power of the seed 
because God wants to put something in your hand that he can bless you with. Listen, I've used this before, but it's such a powerful illustration that the acorn, the little small acorn that you pick up off the ground that falls from a giant oak tree, that little acorn contains everything that is needed to produce a giant oak tree. Think about it. It's nothing. It doesn't. When you look at an acorn, you can't see leaves. You can't see bark. You can't see a tree there. All you can see is that little tiny acorn. But in that little tiny acorn contains everything that is needed to produce that giant oak tree. The power of the seed, guys. And I and I want to especially tell young people and and. Uh, uh, I can't remember what generation you are, millennials or something like that, but, but I want you to understand because we're living in a culture today where it's get all I can and can all I get. We're living in a generation today that, that uh, is, is, is all about getting and holding on to what you get. And I want to give you three principles today that I believe that will bring the blessing of God in your life. And for you older Christians, uh, this might be boring to you, but if you will hear what I'm saying and respond to it, God will take this and bless it and multiply it in your lives. If you have the ability to take notes, take notes. If you don't, uh, you can get this uh, Tuesday on podcast and listen to it. Listen, if the acorn contains everything that is needed to produce an oak tree, then all that is needed for the acorn is to find the right soil because every seed is meant to be planted. You say that again. Every seed is meant to be planted. In the book of Genesis, God, uh, God created the trees and the herbs of the field and all of that, and he called it and he said, uh, every seed and every uh, herb-yielding tree will produce of its own kind. Your seed will never produce until it is planted. You've got to understand this morning that God will bring things into your life and sometimes, and I believe in being a good steward, I believe in, in, in saving and all that, but there are times when God brings things into your life that is not meant for you to hoard it, it's not meant for you to save it and store it up, but God brings it in in order for you to give it out. I was talking with a friend just the other day, and he's, he's a, a businessman, and, and we were talking about uh, the, the seed and all of that, and he, he was sharing with me. He said, let me tell you something. He said, every year at the end of the year, I look at my contributions uh, sheet, and he said, I'm amazed at what God, what I have given into the kingdom of God and what God has taken and blessed me with. He said, just the other day, he said, I was in a situation in my business, and he said, I had to have $10,000 by the next morning. 
He said, I had to have it. I was in a, in a, a place, and he said, I had to have $10,000 uh, written in a check uh, to give to an individual the next morning. And he said, I looked at my bank account, and it wasn't there. And he said, I looked around, and we did not have it. He said, but I, I, I went uh, to my office and walked in my office and he said I began to go through my mail and he said I went through my mail and he said as I went through my mail he said I had payments that had come into me that totaled up to $10,000. He said I was able to deposit that money in the bank and the next morning I wrote the check of $10,000 uh, to the people that I owed the money to. He said, but I attribute that not to my own business skills, but I attribute that to seed that we have sown into the kingdom of God and God will bring the harvest. So here's three principles that I want you to understand this morning because I want to tell you, you cannot outgive God. And this is not a message on tithes either. I hope you tithe. That is a blessing, but I want to tell you, this is not just talking about money. This is talking about time, energy, whatever you can give to God, God will bless you as you give it. The first thing that I had to understand in my walk with God is I had to understand that God is my source. Man is not my source. The government is not my source. God is my source. I want to tell you something this morning, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm just being totally transparent with you. If you become so dependent upon the blessings of man and government, it will always leave you frustrated. But if you'll understand that the things that come into your life go through the filter of heaven and go through the filter of the kingdom of God, that no matter what comes into my life, I give back to God and I bless the kingdom of God with it, then, friend, the government can fail, man can fail, the U.S. Postal Service can fail, but my God will never fail. God is my source. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, the Bible says this, but my God. Everybody say, my God. But my God shall supply some, all. My God shall supply all your need according to, to his riches in glory in Christ, by Christ Jesus. All right? So who is my source? My God. My God is my source. I know this is a little bit different, but I just felt impressed to teach on this this morning. The second thing is, you've got to understand that what you give to God, God will multiply God will multiply what I sow. Let me say that again. God will multiply what I sow. 
God will multiply what I give. Listen, if, if I give of my time to the kingdom of God, God will always bless my time. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus said this, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Now we could stop right there and go on. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Now how is it going to be given? If I give, if I sow into the kingdom of God, and it shall be given to me, how is it going to be given? Jesus said, it will be given good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Let me tell you something right there. Listen, man is the resource that God uses to bless his kingdom. Man is not the source. Man is just the instrument. All right? Man is the instrument that God uses to allow the channel of blessing to flow through to bless his people and to bless his kingdom. Jesus said this, For with the same measure that you meet or the same measure that you give out, it shall be given to you again. So I remember years ago, my dad uh, was, was disabled uh, due to uh, the heart attacks and all that that he had. He was disabled. And the only salary uh, or the only money that we had coming in was uh, some social, uh, social security and, uh, and offerings uh, that he received uh, from preaching. And it was, it was hard. It was a struggle in our home. Uh, we had, uh, there were six of us brothers and sisters, and, and it was a struggle in our home. And I remember uh, so many times uh, Dad would pray, and God would always meet the need. But I remember Dad getting to the age that he was going to retire or going to uh, give up uh, pastoring full-time and, and uh, go into a semi-retirement, and he was worried because uh, he knew that that was going to cut the income down and he wasn't going to be able to make it and, and all of that. And he worried and worried about it and, and all that. But, but he prayed. And, and my mom and dad were givers. Uh, they gave out of their need. They gave out of their lack. But they gave and they were givers. And I remember uh, when dad made the decision to go ahead and, and, and retire and, and step down from pastoring his church uh, he was concerned about it. Uh, he had called the, the uh, uh, Social Security office and told them, and, and they had already told him, you know, this is the amount that you're going to get uh, every month, and, and it wasn't enough to, to support uh, mom and dad. And, and so they were praying about it. And, and when dad made that decision, wasn't but a few weeks later, he got a call from the Social Security office. And the lady on the other end of the phone said, uh, Mr. Phillips, uh, I want to uh, clarify a mistake that we made. And, and so she went on and she clarified the mistake. And after she clarified the mistake, uh, it was basically that they had overlooked some things. And instead of him getting this amount uh, a month, that amount would be doubled that he would get every month. 
and, and it was more than enough to sustain mom and dad in their retirement. Now, now what made that happen? Listen, I believe that it is because of the faithfulness of a man that had nothing that gave everything he had to the kingdom of God, and God blessed the power of the seed. And I want you to get this principle, that when you sow into the kingdom of God, when you do it, let me, let me clarify like this, when you do it in the name of Jesus, when you do it, when you give in the name of Jesus, it, it, listen, it doesn't matter if you come out and, and, and uh, trim the hedges or, or sweep the floor or clean the bathroom or, or if you write a check on Sunday morning, do it in the name of Jesus. Do it all for the glory of God. Do it to bless the kingdom of God. I'm out here sweeping the floor, but Lord, I thank you that I'm able to sweep and I'm just doing it in the name of Jesus because I know that as I do it in the name of Jesus that you're going to reward it and God, you're going to bless it. When I write that check on Sunday morning or when I go in that app and I and I pull up my customer, McCullough Christian Center and make that uh, payment in the app, I do it in the name of Jesus, Father. And I say, Lord, take this and use it for your kingdom's good and for your kingdom's glory. Father, I believe and I trust in your word and I thank you that as I sow into your kingdom that the seed that I'm sowing is going to multiply. It is the same principle, ladies and gentlemen, as the farmer uses when he goes out and plants his crop. You don't know any farmers that go out and say, well, I'm going to go out and plant. I'm going to spend uh, $20,000 planting these fields, but I'm not worried about the harvest. No, they go out and plant because they're looking for a harvest. Guys, start looking for a harvest. Start believing God. Now, listen, I want to tell you, when you get your million dollars, you better be obedient Because you heard the word this morning at McCullough. <laughs> See, you got to sow. You got to sow with the understanding that God's going to multiply what I sow. You got to plant your seed. And listen, don't do it flippantly. Don't do it without understanding and, re and recognizing what you're doing. Be intentional about what you're doing and, and, and plant those seed and sow those seed and realize, God, I thank you that, that you're going to multiply this seed sown. Listen, it is not what I have right now that is multiplied, but it is what I give that is multiplied. What I have right now is the result of multiplication from yesterday. But what I give today is what I'm going to live off of tomorrow because what I give today is going to be multiplied down the line. Listen, I'm not preaching this morning and I'm not saying that if you give give me $10 that God's going to give you $1,000 and a mansion on the hill. 
I said, I went to church one, one time to a revival, and I, I walked into that revival that night. And man, if there was anybody in there that needed something, I needed something from God that night. And I walked into that service that night. The evangelist got up and, and preached, and, and he spit and stomped and slobbered, and man, just preached a powerful message uh, on, on uh, really might have been this passage of Scripture that I used. And, and, and uh, he did all that, and then he uh, started saying, now, if you want to see God bless, uh, he said, I'm fixing to give you an opportunity. And, and he uh, started saying, now, if you want uh, the blessing of God here, he said, I want you to give $100. And those of you that, that give 50, God's going to do this. And those of you that give the rest, God's going to do that. I was sitting there. I didn't have a dollar in my billfold. And I said, Jesus, I'm not going to get my blessing tonight, I don't guess. But you know what I realized? That that's a bunch of junk. Okay? That's a bunch of junk. Listen, I am telling you something. I am preaching to you a prosperity message this morning. But I'm not telling you if you'll come down here with $100, God's going to give you a blessing that the one that don't have but 20 can't get. I'm telling you, that, that's not the way God operates. And I can assure you, if anybody ever gets up on this stage and starts that, look out because pastor is fixing to tackle them. I'm fixing to shut them down because that ain't going to be the way it happens. Because it's, it's, it's selling the gospel. But I'm telling you this morning that if you will give to God and sow uh, into the kingdom of God and plant seed in the field of the kingdom of God, God will multiply and bless you. And in times of lack, you'll realize that, listen, everybody around me is lacking, but I've got everything I need. Why? Because it is supernaturally flowing into my life. My receiving is measured by my giving. This is what I sent to my children. This, because I want my kids to understand and to know. They already know, but I wanted to teach them this because it's so important because of the changing of our culture. All right, number three. I, I'm fixing to wind it down. Number three is Sow with the expectancy of a harvest. Sow with the expectancy of a harvest. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, very familiar passage of Scripture, says this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You sow it, you reap it. You sow anger, you're going to reap anger. You sow lies, you're going to reap the result of lies. Mama used to tell me, son, you hang out in a garbage pit, you're going to smell like garbage. Amen. You're going to sow what you reap. That is a principle that goes throughout the entire scope of your life. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Listen. Whether it's money, time, or other resources, God will always multiply what I sow. If I fail to sow, then God has nothing to multiply in my life. It would be like going out and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to can some beans and peas this year. 
uh, out of my garden, but I never plant beans and peas in my garden. A lot of people want to harvest, but they don't want to plant. A lot of people want a blessing, but they don't want to plant. Listen, you got to plant in order to harvest. Amen? Listen, in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 and 11, I'm not going to read the, the entire passage, but it talks about tithing. God said, you robbed me because you haven't been tithing, you haven't been giving uh, in, uh, into my kingdom. Uh, I haven't been getting the first fruit. And he said, but, but when you turn that around and begin to uh, be obedient, God said, uh, you do that. And he said that there shall be meat in my house. There's two houses mentioned in that passage of Scripture. One of them is God's house, and the other one is my house. God said, if you will be obedient to my word, he said, I'm going to bless you in two areas, the house of God and your house. I'm going to put meat on the table in the house of God. What is that? That is the meat on the table in the house of God. It's when you can walk through the doors of the sanctuary and you can experience the presence and the anointing of God moving in your life that, that strengthens you and energizes you. And then he went on down, and here's, here's the thing, guys. He said, if you do that, he said, I'm going to put meat on the table in my house. He said, but more than that, he said, I'm going to rebuke the devourer that will come against your house. In other words, God, and I'm going to paraphrase, God said, I'm going to stand on the four corners of the property of your land. And he said, I'm going to stand there and every devil and every demon of hell that would come to rob, steal, and kill from you, he said, I'm going to rebuke it. He said, I'm not going to allow uh, your life and your goods to be destroyed any longer. Man, I knew we shouldn't have given that invitation a while ago because y'all done set back and, and took third gear now and you're going to sleep on me. Listen, the power of the seed, guys. Be intentional about what you do in the kingdom of God. God is my source. He will multiply what I sow and I sow with the expectation of a harvest. I was looking several months ago when I wrote this down, and I came across this uh, this story uh, of a giant sequoia tree in California, in one of the national parks in California. And this tree is known as the General Sherman. Anybody ever heard of the, of the tree named General Sherman? Got one history buff back here that knows. The General Sherman is a giant sequoia tree. It is, it is considered to be the largest tree in the world. They estimate the, the age of this tree to be around 2,000 years old. I was amazed at that because most of the time uh, the evolutionists say it was 2 million years of, of age or something like that. But I thought about that tree was perhaps planted somewhere along the time of Christ. All right? And I can go ahead and get about 20 more minutes because it's storming outside and, and you don't need to get out in that weather. So I'm going to go ahead and, and just take advantage of the blessing of the Lord. But listen, 
they estimate that this tree weighs 2.7 million pounds. We ain't got no trees like that around here, all right? And stands 275 feet tall. At the base of this tree, it is measured to be over 100 feet in diameter or, or across the base of this tree. That's a huge tree, guys. It's a huge. That is the base of that tree is almost as wide as this sanctuary, probably as wide as this sanctuary. 275 feet tall, General Sherman. But here's the awesome thing about it. That 2,000 and odd, some odd years ago, if you look up how a sequoia tree starts, it starts with a seed. A seed that is so small that it could rest on the tip of a baby's finger. pretty small so somewhere around a little over 2,000 years ago a tiny seed about that would rest on the tip of a baby's finger fell to the ground took root and began to grow and look what it produced I said that to say this you don't never know what the seed that you're sowing and that your planting is going to produce. We think that we do things and we don't ever pay any attention to it and we don't ever focus on it and we don't ever think anything about it. But you don't ever know, sir or ma'am, that the seed that you're sowing into that child that sits beside you You don't ever know the seed that you're sowing into that cashier at Walmart. You don't ever know the seed that you're sowing into the offering here at McCullough Christian Center or elsewhere. You don't ever know that that seed might become a General Sherman. Listen, Jesus chose 12 men The book of Mark says that he chose 12 men that they could be with him and that he could send them forth. Jesus invested his life. He sowed his life into men like Peter that was just an uneducated fisherman. Because he was God, he knew. But Peter didn't know that the seed that Jesus was planting in him was going to grow up and bring forth fruit and that that uneducated fisherman would impact the entire world for thousands of years to come. But it was a seed. It all came from a seed. We could go on and on, but I'm going to stop. Would you stand with me, please? It's the power of the seed. Listen, some of you have been looking around and you've been trying to figure out how am I going to do this? How am I going to accomplish that? Or what am I going to be able to do here? 
But I want to tell you this morning that more than likely you've got everything inside of this right up here and this right here that you need to accomplish everything that God wants to do in your life. There's greatness inside of you. There's potential inside of you, sir. There's potential inside of you, young lady. That, that others have looked at and said you'll never amount to anything or they've looked at you and said you're just like your daddy or your granddaddy you'll never amount to anything well I want to tell you this morning that when you take what you've got and give it to God God will take what you give him and he will multiply it and it will blow your mind what God will do with that that you give him so I'm challenging you this morning Quit living off of what you've got right now and make up in your mind, I am going to begin to live off of what I'm giving. Now, I would have liked to have seen everybody jumping up and down and shouting and just swinging off of these light bars up here because you were so excited that you just got revelation that was going to change your life. But I know uh, that you've got the buffet on your mind and you're hungry and all that. So we're going to close. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you this morning for the power of your word. We thank you today, God, that, Father, that you are a supernatural God. Lord, I thank you this morning that you are not dependent upon natural things to produce anything. But, Father, you created. You spoke, and it happened. So, Father, this morning we thank you today that, Father, we're going to put our faith and our trust, we're going to put our possessions in your hands. Father, we're going to sow. We're going to give of our time. We're going to give of our energy. And Father, we're going to begin to live off of that that we're giving. And Father, we're going to receive the blessing that you've already promised. And we're going to thank you for it today. We're going to thank you this morning in the name of Jesus that we'll be intentional about what we're doing for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.